Hey, this is Joel Oates, lead pastor of Real Life Church, and you're listening to Beyond the Sermon. Each week, we get the opportunity to dig just a little bit deeper into Sunday's message and offer a little bit more truth and clarity to what was spoken and how it can benefit both you and me in our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Let's jump in. Well, Dennis, here we are again, back by popular demand, or maybe that's not the reason we're here. Maybe there's not been that much demand for the two of us, but it has always been fun to have you with us on this podcast. It's always fun to go beyond the sermon, right? And so, hey, this is Roy Duffy with Dennis Garcia, and we're going to have fun to, together today. Yeah, and thanks thanks for having me, uh, Roy. And, and before we jump into uh, the message, I just want to take a moment after your, your message on honor and just to honor you, man. What a great message uh, you had for us on Sunday, one that I know I needed to hear and uh, many others needed to hear in, in the difficult world that we're living in. So, so thank you so much for being faithful uh, to God to preach what was a challenging message, uh, but a good one for us to hear. Well, I appreciate that, and I am anxiously awaiting the first sermon that I will preach that... Um, is a representation of what I have mastered, right? I'm looking for that day where I can get up there as a true expert and say, uh, listen up, folks, I have conquered this. I want to share with you. But that's never the case. It's always, uh, one, one of the ways I always put it, it's, it's medicine to me first. And mm. that was true this, this Sunday for sure. Um, well, man, I hear good news in your world. Uh, somebody told me that you guys are moving near Sonoma Ranch where one of my beloved restaurants is going to show up, that being Popeye's, yes. right? That's the Louisiana kitchen. Yes, that is a God's evidence of love for us here in Las Amen. Cruces. <laughs> so, Dennis, what were some of your takeaways from Sunday? Yeah, the outdo one another in honor was one that jumped out at me. Um, honor is a heart issue uh, was was another one that, that really, uh, that something that as, as I was listening to the sermon, it just reminded me that, that honor is a hard issue. Sometimes we uh, do things that look like honor on the outside, but we're not honoring with our heart, and, and I think that doesn't honor God, right? It, it's, 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 it's false honor, and, and so um, ultimately it, it comes down to the, the condition and position of our heart as to whether or not we've honored someone. That's good, yes. You know, another curious thing I found... Um, you know, when you start questioning this whole, this whole honoring the government, man, that is tough. That's a tough pill to swallow in certain circumstances, and I get that, but I just, it does not appear that the Bible gives us many outs other than the one you've already mentioned when they're demanding honor that belongs only to God. Mm -hmm. But just four verses after we find the Scripture to honor one another, or, or honor the governing authorities, rather, it says that we ought, are to bless those who persecute you. Mm -hmm. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Yeah. That follows up to honor them. So it even brings in this idea of we're being persecuted. And even in that environment and circumstance, we are not to curse them. We are to bless them and pray that God blesses them. Mm -hmm. You know, we often, our job is often to remind the church that we are called to a higher standard, right? That's the bottom yeah. line. And some of that standard is difficult. It's not always easy stuff. Even, it, you know, the, Paul makes clear in the New Testament that, and even Peter does later, that in those circumstances that we aren't to obey the government, even for biblical reasons, 
then we have to be prepared for the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what Daniel and the three Hebrew children, yep. they were prepared for the consequences, right? They even said, O king, do what you must. Yeah. This is my translation. Uh, God is able to save us, but even if not, we cannot bow down to you, right? Mm-hmm. They were prepared for the consequences. Daniel prepared. He goes home and prays like he like he has, had been his custom, the Bible yeah. said, right? After he was threatened. He was prepared for those consequences because his honor belonged to God, and suddenly the government is now asking him for honor that only is due God. Mm-hmm. And you made the point earlier that, I, I forget how you said it, and so you can come back and remind us how you said it, but basically we have to be wise where we draw that line. And yeah. oftentimes we are drawing that line well in advance of where it belongs. Yeah, That's my opinion, at least. I, I agree. And, and what, what else needs to be taken into account is how we go about it as, as well, right? And, and how we disagree with someone, how, how we you know, say, this is where I'm, I'm drawing the line. It, it's not done in a hateful way. It's not done in a mean way. It's not done in an antagonistic way. It, it's done in a way that by our response to them, they see Christ, right? And, and they see God glorified by how we are responding to them, even if it's a situation where we're saying, you know what, I can't bow down and worship you because that's only due to God. Um, they can see Christ in our response and the love of God in our response. Or we, we could just bow up and, and get angry and yell and you don't deserve this. And, 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 and they see no God in that at all. Right, so even by our response, blessing those who curse us, uh, loving our enemies, as, as Jesus told us, um, how we respond in, in those situations uh, will show them the love of God in, in a practical and tangible way, which will hopefully draw them closer to to trusting God. Yes, well, you see that in the life of Daniel, mm-hmm. and it's it's demonstrated so clearly with King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, when the the authorities go to him and say, hey, this guy Daniel is not doing, he's not following the decree that you made, right? So he has to be punished. We have to throw him into the lion's den. Yeah. And the king was distressed over that. He did not want to punish Daniel because of what you're describing, Daniel's faithfulness mm-hmm. to him. Daniel had honored him faithfully. He was a great servant. He had been promoted and promoted and promoted. And so despite the fact that Daniel's allegiance was to God and that he, was, he could not bow down as had been instructed, the king who made the decree still did not want to hold him accountable for that because of the faithfulness of Daniel to him, right? So he, he, he demonstrated his love and his allegiance and his loyalty in his everyday life and in his stewardship of his time and resources and serving the king. It was just that line that we're talking mm-hmm. about, right? That line was suddenly drawn in a place where Daniel could not cross that line. But that, to your point, that's when it was obvious to us, wow, by his life, he had been doing exactly what the Bible teaches. Or Nebuchadnezzar, the king, would have said, absolutely, let's take his head off. Yeah. Right? But instead, he's, he runs to the, the den the next morning right, and, and lifts the lid. And, oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel, are you okay, basically? Again, I loosely translate yeah, every, yeah. everything I quote. He's running, hoping somehow against all odds that Daniel, this, this servant that he clearly loves, is alive. And Daniel, oh, great king, relax. I'm good, right? My God took care of me. 
Yeah, and, and he did that because Daniel showed him honor in all the places that he could show yes. him honor. Right. And, and he, he's like, yeah, I'll honor you. I'll, I'll serve you. I'll, I'll be loyal to you. Um, even when when Daniel didn't have to. Uh, but because he, he honored him in, in everything else at the moment where Daniel had to draw the line, I think Nebuchadnezzar had a respect for Daniel and, and his convictions. And, and, and because he knew Daniel's heart and he knew that Daniel uh, wasn't just making a big deal out of nothing. Um, or wasn't making a bigger deal out of a small thing, uh, but he knew, hey, for, for this guy that's been a faithful, loyal servant, to get to the place where he has to say no, um, that's a really big deal. And a lot of times, uh, there's respect for that, respect for, for people living out their convictions. Now, if every molehill is turned into a mountain and every battle needs to be fought, uh, then, then it's just a, a clanging gong, right? It's just, oh, it's just that person being that person. Uh, just something else, and 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 you don't see that love of of God or love of Christ coming through. Um, it's just somebody being a, a noise and and annoyed at everything that comes their way. Yeah, you know, maybe to shift gears slightly, one of the things I shared early. It just seems this this season has been unique in that regard, and and maybe maybe it's only because it's up close and personal, and I'm watching it more closely this time. Maybe I've reached the that age of an adult to where I'm paying more attention. But, man, if I look back and I remember the, I think it was the Tom Brokaw book, you know, The Greatest Generation and, and how he portrayed that, that World War II generation, how everybody didn't necessarily have to, have to agree, but, man, they came together. It was like the nation under this distress was unified to do great things, right, that we will survive this. We will not only survive, but we will thrive. And, and you see that after post-war. They rebuilt the nation and ultimately had all of these efforts to go rebuild much of the destroyed world. And you can only do that when resources are rallied, when there is this sense of unity. And, man, I wish the church would unify or, or set an example of unity at least, right, so that we can do great things. Yeah, and I, I think there's a number of different factors that play into why this feels worse or, or more difficult. Um, I, I think we're living in, in a day and age where our identity is so tightly connected to our opinions. So when someone disagrees with our opinions or rejects our opinions, they're rejecting me, mm. right? And, and, and so... Because uh, really, in the end, I, I mean, the, the, our opinions are, are what we have, right? So, so we, we, we connect our identity to them. Um, and so I think that's, that's part of why it's so hard to disagree with somebody and still maintain that relationship, because um, th- those opinions are so uh, personal. Uh, but I, I think the, the other, one of the other issues that, that we're dealing with is the medium in which we're disagreeing with each other. Um, if you and I had a fight on Facebook, it would look completely different than if you and I sat down in, in Starbucks and had a conversation mm. about our disagreement. Great point. Right? It is so much easier to forget that the person you're speaking with is an image bearer of God for whom Christ died when, when you're staring at a screen and, and you're just out there broadcasting whatever opinion you have. Uh, we do things online that we would never do in person. Um, and so I, I think that the medium in how we carry out some of these disagreements has uh, played into why there's so much more um, intent. So I think, I think those, those two things for me are why I, I feel like um, things seem to be much worse going through this last 
you know, a couple of years, and, and it, on, especially on the honor front, um, just because we, we're, we're not sitting down face-to-face, uh, but also because our, our opinions are, are tied to our identity. And when you attack me, you dishonor me, so why should I honor you? Yeah, that's a great point, Dennis. I, I'm glad that you pointed out that the, the medium of exchange is different, and you're right. That is a great distinction because even I, I can be much braver via text mm-hmm. than I can be person-to-person, right? And that's not always healthy. So no, great point. You know, I want to get your thoughts on one of the scriptures that was used, and really it was one of the, the, the translations or the versions of the scripture. It's Romans 12.10 where we're taught to honor one another. Uh, one translation says to honor everyone, but one, the ESV specifically, is where we find the phrase to outdo one another in showing honor. Now, for me, that's easiest for, for me to think about in context of my marriage mm. and how beautiful that picture is painted when Leslie and I are both taking this scripture to heart and doing our best to outdo one another, right? That, that sounds like a fun battle when each of us is trying to, do the, trying to outdo the other in showing honor. And all of us who are married can imagine the benefit of doing that, right? So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, so so that was a really convicting part for me, not not just on on the marriage side, but in in life in general, uh, right? Uh, the, at least for me, uh, struggling with the kind of pride and selfishness. Well, well, I deserve this. I, I deserve this. You know, I deserve to be treated this way. Um, but but to see the scriptures say that we should outdo one another in giving honor, um, that that was pretty pretty humbling to me. Um, Gary Thomas wrote, wrote a great book uh, called Cherish, uh, talking about, you know, within the, the marriage relationship, um, that, uh, you know, we, we, we look at our wedding vows, and, and we, you know, the, the sickness and health, yeah, okay, we got that, um, but, w- you know, the faithfulness to one another, okay, yeah, we, we got that, even though it's, it's not as, as great as it used to be, you know, th- there's a lot more unfaithfulness these days. But one of the, the areas that he says we really lack in, in our marriages is cherishing one another. And I think mm-hmm. that's related to that, that honor, right, in, in how we treat the other person as our spouse as more important than us. Yes. Their needs are more important than us. We, we honor them more than we expect to receive honor in return. And when, when you have a relationship, any relationship, where, where you really see the other person as more deserving of honor than yourself, some of the things that, that we tend to argue about or fight about or have spats about, um, they're just meaningless. Yes. Uh, you know, because it, when, when you think about it, some of those things are so selfish. And it's about me and not getting my way. Uh, well, if my main focus was not my way, and, and, and it was doing what's best for my spouse, then, then all that stuff would just fall by the wayside, and, and it, no, it wouldn't matter at all. Mm. Yeah, that's great, Dennis. You know, this morning I was rereading the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, you know, he, took, he takes Peter, James, and John with him, and on really three separate, not occasions, but at three separate times in succession, he, he prays the, the same thing, right? And, and, and the prayer is essentially... Father, if it's possible, will you please take this cup from me? In other words, is there another way to accomplish what we have to accomplish? But then he, he, he doesn't stop there, thankfully, right, for all of us. He says, nevertheless, your will, your will, not mine. If 
because he preferred. He was honoring humanity above himself, right? The Hebrew writer says to prefer one another. Another way to put the same idea. If Jesus had not done that same thing, if Jesus had not followed his teaching, we would all be lost today, right? And yet he honored us. I dare say we would all say Jesus outdid all of us in showing honor. And that's the gospel. That's the cross. Thank God. Well, Dennis, man, this has been another fun time. I really appreciate you making time in your schedule to to join us. This has been a treat. Yeah, thank you for having me again. I, I always enjoy... Uh, these conversations uh, because they're shaping my own soul, right? And 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 thinking about how um, we take the the message that's on Sunday that that's not meant for us just to walk away and forget, but meant to actually transform our lives. And and we do that by really digging into the Word and saying, okay, how do how do we put uh, this into action? And and so I've I've really enjoyed uh, being able to do that with you. Well, so have I, and thank you for your wisdom. Well, thank you for joining us. It's because of you that this ministry is possible and allows us to continue to help bring the lost people that don't know Jesus Christ just one step closer to knowing who he is. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you share this with a couple friends? And and by the way, don't forget to subscribe so that you're the first to know when brand new content begins to come out. Click the share buttons, post to your social media, tag us at Get Real Life. For more information, please visit getreallife.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time.